I'm going to go to the book of Ruth tonight, chapter 1. And I'm just going to read two verses. As you can hear, my voice is exhausted. My anointing is intact. I want to give you what I heard the Lord say tonight. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and verse 17. When you have it, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. I have the bread. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried the Lord do so to me. Yeah. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. On your way to your seat, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God said next. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Look at somebody, ask him, Did you hear what I just said? Tell them, God said, next, next, next. Oftentimes, my introduction can be lengthy, so tonight I'll go straight to it. What do you do when the place that used to feed you doesn't feed you anymore? What do you do when you're still in the relationship, absent from the feeling that you had in the beginning. How do you handle when the job you shouted about and you danced about, now you're depleted thinking about going to work? Somebody shout, it happens. It, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Uh, the Bible says that there came a time in Israeli history in Bethlehem, Judah, that a famine hit Bethlehem. A famine hits Bethlehem. From the onset, it sounds like a contradiction because the word Bethlehem means house of bread. But now a place that's supposed to feed me is in an emotional and spiritual deficit. Mm. No bread in the house of bread. And in this time, we are introduced to a protagonist in the beginning of the book of Ruth uh, by the name of Elimelech. Now, I say the protagonist in the beginning because as you go through the book of Ruth, who the lead part of this text begins to shift depending on the time. Mm. The Bible lets us know he's the head of his family. He has a wife and he has uh, two sons. And a man of Judah, an Israelite, makes a decision to leave Bethlehem, depart from the borders of the place of promise, to go live among the Moabites. Now, I know very quickly we could decide to judge him for his movement. 
that he left the place of promise to go live among the heathens. And we're good for judging people's decisions. Is what we do. We are professional at what everybody should have done. But I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, don't judge my decision when you don't know my options. You got all the answers to family feud as long as you're at home. Sitting on your couch, you're the best football player. And you should be a coach in NBA. But it's a difference when you're on the court. Hallelujah. We judge our leaders for decisions they make. When we don't know all the information that they have. Hmm. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, pray for your strong friends. Limelech makes a decision to take his family out of the borders of Judah to live among the Moabites. And we've all been in places in our lives where we did things out of survival. Yeah. Don't y'all look at me like that. I said, we've all done some things out of survival. Even some of our vices. Some of our vices. You know, some of the things that we grab a hold to. Uh, that we're even mad at ourselves that we depleted resources in that. It's not because we were looking for sin. Some of us were just looking for a momentary relief. <laughs> The pulpit, y'all look tight on me on that. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, we all have some things that we run to. We all got some things that if God don't snatch us back, hallelujah. There were times we went there for a moment, just stayed a little bit longer than we anticipated. I was really just trying to catch my breath. You're judging me, but you don't know the pressure that I've had to deal with. And until you've had to deal, I'm not talking about you that are only responsible for you. But we who have to be strong for everybody around us. See, 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 see. Y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, you're very easy to criticize people who fall into sin and get exposed in their weaknesses. You're very easy. You got commentary. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did. You better be careful who you're talking to because some of the people that you're talking to, we say, I hope you never find out some of the stuff that I slipped in. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Scream at somebody. Tell them, I've been there. Tell them, I've been there. Just trying to survive. Just trying to keep my sanity. Just trying to stay alert. I've been there. I've been there. I've, I've been there. I've been there. So Elimelech leaves. He tells his wife, come on, Nay. Come on. Come on, boys. We're going to Moab. The Bible said they get there and they begin to prosper. They begin to prosper. God begin to bless them. Amen. Sounds like a good decision they made. Yeah. Mm. And all of a sudden, who was the protagonist and the hero of the family? Dies. Wow. Elimelech leads his family to a new place and then dies on them. Right. Right. 
Mm. But it's okay. It's okay because she has sons. She's a widow, but she has sons. And the more you understand ancient culture, you'll realize why women prayed for male children. Yes, it was about legacy, but it wasn't just about name. It was about security. For the most part, the women were younger and the men were older. And, and, and if I have sons, that means after my husband exits, I'll still be in a good place. Because my sons will take care of me. Glory be to God. So she creates a new normal with her boys. And her boys find wives among the Moabites. We're surviving. We're moving. I lost my husband, but we're still going. We're recouping. And the Bible says, one by one, her sons die. One by one, her sons, her sons died. Some of our issues in the church, I believe, are unprocessed grief. Now, I know I'm not screaming, but I am preaching. No, really. Some of us have, we have a whole lot of unprocessed grief in church. Because we are so churched with the language of church and knees that we know how to rejoice with those who rejoice, but we have failed at knowing how to mourn with those who mourn. We know the scriptures. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. We may endure for a night, but joy come in the morning. But, but can you sit with me in my night? without trying to fix me can you can you sit with me in my night without trying to accelerate my grief period so you'll feel better about yourself can you sit with me maybe we need to have more classes about how to stand with people in their grief hallelujah glory be to God because the very first thing we want to do is throw you back in but an unhealed person, an unhealed person, a wounded person will attack people who are trying to help them if you don't give them time to heal. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me in here. Hallelujah. So sometimes it's not about the scriptures you, you quote to people who already know the scriptures. Glory be to God. Come on, come on. Yes, if I dance at the funeral, dance with me. But if I'm not dancing, don't you dance. That's my mama in the casket. Come on. We're not, we're not comfortable with quietness. We're not comfortable with stillness. If I got to process it, process it with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Naomi is grieving. I said Naomi is grieving. And I want to say this because ideally, when you're grieving, you should have at least a minimum of a year off. At least. I'm talking about a minimum of a year where you don't go to work. Where you don't have to take care of your kids. Come on. Where you come to church if you feel like it. That's ideally. 
But I hear the Lord says, there's a refreshing that's getting ready to come on those who've had to serve while they heal. God said, there's a blessing I'm about to drop on you who've had to heal on your feet. I need to hear the sound of those who've had to worship even in the midst of your grief. When everybody else took time off, we couldn't afford it because there were kids that still needed to be fed. There were people who were depending on us. I need you to find somebody tell them I get it I get it yes I know what the Bible says hallelujah the Bible says Job we always talk about uh, he said the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away he did say that but first he ripped his garment first he shaved his head put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and tell him God is not intimidated by your humanity you can be honest with God always be respectful but you can be honest you can say God I'm mad that you took him God I don't understand it come on I don't understand that you took my child I don't understand out of all the people you healed you healed heathens of cancer but my aunt died of cancer tell your neighbor just be honest with God and after you be honest with your tears worship come on you don't have to remove your tears in the midst of your questions worship because agnostics question him atheists deny him oh but we the people of God we worship even in the part we don't understand I need about a hundred of you to praise him in the middle of what you don't understand come on come on don't praise him for what you know but open up your mouth now and praise him for what you don't know I want to free you up right quick look at somebody tell him it doesn't make sense Y'all be seated. What do you mean it doesn't make sense? Because I paid my tithe. And the predicament I'm in doesn't line up with what I thought a tither should be in. I pulled out the oil. I had the prayer handkerchiefs. Hallelujah. I, I, it doesn't make sense that I can encourage everybody else. Lay hands on people and they get healed. And I got to deal with my own affliction. I can deal with my own infirmity. Screaming somebody tell them it don't make sense. And Naomi is in this place. Not because she did something wrong. She's in this place because she did something right what did she do she followed leadership she followed her husband she did what she was told to do i want to say this to somebody just because it didn't turn out the right way you anticipated doesn't mean you chose wrongly because see in ancient civilizations around the Fertile Crescent, like the Sumerian communities, these ancient religions, they based their idea of God based on their circumstances. Good harvest, that means God is happy with us. Bad situation, that means the gods are angry. And many of us have taken on that mindset to consider that if it's going bad, that means I'm in the wrong place. 
And that's why we jump out of relationships. That's why when it gets hard, we move churches. Because we think if it's hard, it means it's not God. But I read a scripture that says many are the afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I need you to push somebody in front of you. Tell them you must be righteous. Hallelujah. In other words, there are many of us that want to be trusted with mantles. Many of us want to be trusted with triumph. But can you be trusted with trouble? Somebody shout, this is a suffering way. Because that's what ancient faith is. I call it ancient faith because I believe there's a spectrum to faith. I do believe there's a spectrum to faith. But we have, we have diluted the faith that we have moved it away from its original intent. This faith says, God, I give you my faith. Now give me what I want. Church gonna get a little tight right here because it, it works up a good hype, right? Lord, here's my faith. Give me the car I want. Here's my faith. Give me the spouse that I want. Here's my faith. Give me the job that I want. And I'm not disqualifying the fact that you can obtain a good report like that through faith. But ancient faith. It's not, Lord, here's my faith, give me what I want. It's, here's my faith, sustain me in what you want. Uh-oh, church got quiet. Here's my faith, not change your will, but here's my faith, keep me in your will. And Naomi is in this place. Not because she did something wrong. I feel in the Holy Ghost, and I want to do this, I want to do this in 10 seconds, just only 10 seconds, and I need you to assist me with it because I feel it real strong in the Holy Ghost. I feel it's in this room. I need you, and I want you to help me do this in 10 seconds. I need you to get out of your seat, run to somebody, and tell them you didn't miss it. Tell them, go, go, go tell them. Oh. You didn't miss it. It didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out. Things didn't come together like you anticipated. But you heard what you heard. I said you heard what you heard. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Tell them you didn't miss it. People have changed. Things have changed. But the promise still stands. Scream at your neighbor. Tell them you didn't miss it. Thank you. Y'all be seated. I just need this. Oh. oh. I need you to tell somebody, tell them I just needed to know that all of those years wasn't wasted. I just needed to know that I didn't waste my money and I didn't waste my time. Scream at somebody, tell them you heard what you heard and you did not miss it. Woo! I wish I had a voice to scream. You didn't miss it. Stop it. I feel my snip now. I say, you didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. 
Somebody got a little residue left of depression on them. Push them. Tell them you didn't miss it. You, you, you. How did God go prove it to you? By the time the dust settles, by the time the curtain opens up, hey, hey, for your shame, God gonna give the devil. Some of y'all were like Celia holding the bag, looking at Sugar Avery pull off, but scream at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you didn't miss it. There's somebody near you right now They've been living in the cemetery of past regrets And they consider That if it was going to happen It would have happened by now And you've almost settled that where you are right now Is going to be the summation of your life But I need somebody to jump to the right and shout God said next Oh. I feel an ugly shout. Oh. God said this. God said I gotta move, Christian. But God said next. Tell somebody, God said next. Come on, back when they get up under you. Somebody shout, God said. Is it true? God said next This means you can't die in your now God says y'all be seated. Thank you Y'all be seated for real be seated and so then I just need to, y'all help mother out. Help her, help her, help her, help her. some of you need this revelation will you look at the person beside you give them eye contact tell them time is not working against you tell them time is on your side my I moved my grandmother and my grandfather in my house a little over 10 years ago my grandmother was 80 years old my grandfather was 84 my grandfather went home to be with the Lord from my home six years ago on Pentecost Sunday. And we went to, my grandmother still got up and went to church all day. All right? So I'm in Brazil a few years ago at the assignment of the Lord. The Lord is blessing us with the building. And the man says, but I got to get there in order to get the building. It was at the height of COVID. But I felt the Lord release me to go. 
while I'm there. Both my mother and my grandmother ends up in the hospital and my grandmother in ICU. I call home. I, I talked to the doctor. I knew the doctor personally. I said, I'm on my way. And the doctor says, there's no need. You may as well stay in Brazil. I said, no, I'm coming there. He says, no need because I can't let you in this hospital. I begin to talk to God. I said, God, I've been responsible for this family. You know, I'm trying to do your work. Don't let my mother and my grandmother die on my watch. And I began to cry out to God. I called my mother and she finally answered the phone, breathing heavily. They watching the night, breathing heavily. And my and my grandmother, Elmasaya, somebody else And I said, Mama, I said, I, I gotta get there. I said, I'm gonna get the first flight out. She says, There's no need you coming. I said, Mama, I gotta go. She said, Huh, listen to me. She said, Didn't you say we won't go lose nothing in this pandemic? She said, we ain't planning no funeral. And so God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Brought both of them out. So now my grandmother is 90 years old. Nothing wrong with her mind. But because she was in the bed for so many weeks, she lost her mobility. Three years ago, she lost her mobility. Still talk good. We got in a wheelchair. She, her mind is just as keen as it's ever been, but she lost her mobility. So we have to move her everywhere she moves. I was in Texas at Bishop Marvin Saps the other night. My mother calls me and says, you wouldn't believe this. I said, what is it? She says, your grandmother just got up and started walking. In my mind, if she's 90 years old and she's lost her mobility, in my mind, this is it. That for the rest of her life, she'll never walk again. But I need you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and give them my grandmother's testimony. And tell them it's not too late for you to recover. I don't care how long it's been. Time is not working against you. It's on your side. Y'all be seated. I need to close. Salute the come on. Y'all be seated. You're standing up like you're expecting something. She. She came to Moab with the husband and two sons. Now she's left with nothing. And the reason why I need to preach this message is because there is a group of you in this place 
that you're in a place in your life that you don't recognize. You're at a, you're at a place in your life where you don't have a reference point for. And there's, there's a lot you know, but there's a whole lot you don't know. Never been this age before. Never been in this place. And in your mind, when you got to this age, things would be a little different. Y'all, come on, talk to me. Be honest. A little different than what they are right now. If you know I'm talking to you tonight, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I've never been here before. I don't have a template for this space. Thought I would be married by now. Thought some things would be paid off by now. And nothing is worse for you to get what you wanted than just to get there and it don't feel the way you thought it would feel. And so she's in this place and she says, okay, this is not what I prayed for. And I did it following my husband and he's no longer here and my sons are dead. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to what's familiar. I'm going to go back to what I know. And while she's packing her bags, she sees two scrawny girls looking at her. And she looks at them and said, why y'all looking at me? I ain't got nothing for you. I know y'all lost y'all's husbands, but I lost my husbands and both of my sons. Go, go back to your people. Go back to your people. I have nothing to give. And Orpah reluctantly said, okay. And she went back to packing. But while she's still packing, she hears a little noise over in the corner. And she look up. And there's that little roof. Still standing in the room. And she looks at Ruth and says, did you not hear what I said? What you going to do? Wait around for me to have another son? It ain't happening. Baby girl, go back to your folks. You got a better chance going back home. And Ruth looks at Naomi and says something that has been echoing through generations. Ecumenically, we use this text. And when we use this text, we use this text to paint a picture between the covenant of a man and a woman. When really this text deals with the relationship between a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. She says, please don't make me leave. Please don't make me leave. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your folk will be my folk. But this is the next part that messes me up. She says, even though you're bitter right now, even though you're angry right now, I want my God your God is going to be my God I come to tell somebody that even in your worst season your life was testifying even in your attitude there was something about you that was still ministering to somebody else Elisha was dead in the grave but his bones still brought somebody else back alive 
that you're so anointed that even in your worst season, you're encouraging somebody else. They came over to the house to encourage you and said, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? I'm so sorry to hear about that. But before they finish, you start talking about, you know what? The Lord began to prepare me. And I don't even understand how I'm still sane. But last night I went to bed and I know it don't make sense. I miss my husband. Come on, I miss my wife. I miss my child. But God gave me a piece about it. And the people who came to encourage you, they left encouraged. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, even in my worst season I was still anointed even in my worst season God was still using me what do we see in this text because the Bible says in the last days in the last days it says many shall depart and hear me because we're in an hour where Pentecostalism and the charismatic movement, that includes y'all, as I understand now, is exploding. I know everybody talk about that, that people are leaving the church, but I think sometimes when we talk about the church, we put it in a vacuum. We talk about the black church or this denomination. But really, the church and the spirit-filled movement all over the world is exploding. I mean... The Pentecostal movement is almost dismantled Catholicism in South America. During the pandemic, there was a shift where people dropped their rosaries and started falling on their knees speaking in tongues. In countries where there's been great persecution, it has turned out to be great revival. But the Bible says in the last days, it didn't say many will depart from the church. It says many will depart from the faith. I call it giving birth to a generation of unbelieving believers. Where they do this, but they don't believe in this. Some people, if it wasn't for a check, they wouldn't be here. Y'all not saying none of me. If it wasn't for an opportunity, they wouldn't show up. And there's some preachers, because they didn't make it in the secular world, they settled so they thought to be something in the church. The Bible says they were depart from the faith. They would, they would be unholy. Dishonoring of parents, natural and spiritual. And I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm going to tell y'all. And I know that some of the uh, ways of the old church are primitive in your mindset. And we need to get rid of all the traditions. It's only in our culture that when we progress, we feel like progression means you have to abandon The Bible never preached against traditions. It was traditions that made the gospel of Jesus Christ of non-effect. But godly traditions are vehicles of our principles and our values. For example, ain't no scripture that when you walk in church, you got to hold up your finger. Ain't no scripture. Ain't no scripture. It was a tradition. But that tradition communicated something. We would be walking down the down the down the aisle, and somebody says, "The Lord is my shepherd." I said, "Son." Right, right, right. The ushers would turn to the door and go like this. What was this? This was saying, "Excuse me, 
I know I shouldn't be walking, but I got to go to the bathroom. Excuse me. Somebody said, oh, this stuff is crazy. No, 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 no. But what happens now, we don't reverence the sanctuary anymore. Ain't nothing sacred about it. Hallelujah. I love wearing my jeans and t-shirts, but casual church has produced casualties. We have become so common, we don't pray before we preach. We have people who preach longer than they pray. We got musicians that got the smell of weed on them, and they still play because we're so addicted to skill and talent. Ain't nothing happening. We got oh, we got sound, but we ain't got power. Dishonoring. I'm going to tell you, my pastor don't have to be a perfect pastor to be a good pastor. Hear me, hear me. I want to say this because we become so common, even with our leadership. And even I don't allow people to be common about my pastor, even behind my pastor's back. No, 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 no. His name is not Thomas. Come on, y'all not saying that. Pastor, top reverend, bishop, apostle. Come on, come on. You didn't grow up with him. Hallelujah. You're not the same age as him. You don't reference. Well, I heard you didn't hear nothing. Come on. Come on. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm too much of a Peter to ever be a Judas. Bishop may have to rebuke me for protecting. Bishop may have to rebuke me for standing up. But I dare to let somebody tear down a leader who's covered me in my worst seasons. I da- Don't you put your mouth on the prophet that God used to save my life. And if he covered me, I'll cover him. I'll walk backwards. I don't need to know no details. I don't need to hear what they said. I don't. You call me crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm loyal. Hallelujah. Loyalty is when you stand when people when it's not convenient. Hallelujah. I need you to tell your neighbor, tell them I got the sword of the Lord and I got the sword of Gideon. Dishonoring. And you will never be successful and drawing from a place you don't honor and some of y'all need to get a distance you need to get a distance from some of those people you I, I, don't you think it's strange that they will sit at the table and trash the church and then get up when the preacher preacher go ahead but hold on what that don't bother you that don't that don't say something to you don't you realize just because the per- that person is on the menu when you're absent you're gonna be on the menu sign of the last days and this is a word that the King James version used says a sign of the last days is that people will be truce breakers that means covenant breakers and we see a picture of what real covenant looks like that Ruth is looking at Naomi and says you seemingly have nothing to give but I can't abandon you in your moment of need if you got somebody near you that you're in covenant with I want you to give them a bump or something push them and tell them I got your back for real if I got we got 
and I don't have to tell everybody about it. If I got, you got, and ain't got to post about it. Come on. Y'all stop taking pictures of people in that most vulnerable moment. Come on, somebody. I can help you, and nobody got to know about it. Because that's covenant. You hear me? That's covenant. That means I'll preach for you even if I don't take, take an honorarium. Because I know if I needed you, you'll do the same for me. Some of y'all need some new friends. Some of y'all need some new friends. Because you're so busy trying to impress people who don't like you. To the point you're abandoning people who've had your back more than one season. So quick trying to make new friends. Or try, you, you posting for people who not looking. Covenant breakers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you in your church for real, shout, I'm a covenant keeper. I keep covenant. That means I'm sticking it out even when it's not convenient. I'm a covenant keeper. That means if you're married and your spouse says I'm leaving, you ought to shout, what time we leaving? Because I'm a covenant keeper. covenant and this is why we got to have a revelation we need to have a revelation about the people around us and a lot of times we talk about people being opportunists but sometimes it's not just them trying to be opportunists sometimes it's the leaders being opportunists and it's not always malicious sometimes it's to fill a space or to fill a void that's why you got to be very careful in going to the grocery store when you're hungry Because you end up buying something you don't need or buying something you already got. Tell your neighbor, it might already be in the house. But if you're hungry, you won't be sober in your choosing. I don't care how small your church is. Just because you're small don't mean you're desperate. Come on, somebody. I'll wait on what God sends. I need the single people to holler back at me and shout, I believe I'll wait, I'll wait. Because the last time I chose for myself, I set myself back five years. And I don't have no more time to waste. I do bad by myself before I pay a bill for it. I'm learning how to be good with me. I love people. God knows I love people. I love to be around people, but I don't mind. I don't feel intimidated by sitting at a restaurant by myself. Because if you're not good with you, you're going to make somebody else miserable to try to fill a space that they were never designed to fill. Another man can't complete you. Another woman can't complete you. Only God can complete you. For in him lies the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him. We got to be careful that we don't become opportunists. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. We got to be careful in sunning people. And the reason why I need to say that is because when we put sonship on people too quickly, it's offensive to our real sons and daughters. Because our pastor got a good heart. But the real sons will say, hold on here. 
and it ain't that I'm afraid you're going to take my place because uh, you can have a position you can never have my place I'm not afraid of losing my place it's that I love my leader enough come on somebody that I know your works I have seen your movement before and everybody is not our sons and daughters some people are only our church members and it's okay if you're a church member that means we'll preach we'll do your wedding we'll preach your funeral and we go on god bless you we love you we'll preach a good sermon but sonship comes with inheritance i need to hear the sound of the sons and daughters hallelujah i'm not here for the check i'm here for the inheritance i don't have to be an armor bearer because i'm a son i don't have to walk in with my pastor because i'm a son Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need you to run over to a son and daughter shout. It's getting ready to happen for the sons and daughters. This is the season where God is about to drop something on the people who served and stayed silent. God is about to put a blessing on the people who fought when nobody was looking. There's an increase that's about to happen for the sons and daughters. Somebody shout for your inheritance. ready to pray I'm getting ready to pray the Bible says Naomi goes back I'm trying to finish this text but I want you to pull on somebody tell them it's going to happen for the saints not because you've been perfect but because you've been faithful <laughs> it's going to happen for the saints you have to cry and worship it's going to happen for the saints you have to serve and be taken for granted but it's going to happen for the saints be not weary Bethlehem with the girl behind her reluctantly and somebody says hey Nay and she said don't call me Naomi call me Mara so listen to what she says because God has dealt bitterly with me I want you to look at somebody and ask them 
Have you ever had to serve a silent God? Talk about where there's no open vision. Where you're stuck between Malachi and Matthew and God ain't said nothing. It's like he lured you in with the prophecy and dropped you off into a process that looks nothing like what they said to the point. I don't want to hear no more prophecy. Don't give me no more dream. Don't give me no more vision because what I'm looking at, ain't looking like it doesn't match. God has dealt bitterly with me. I mean, no, it, it does something to you. When you know God could have changed it and he did. Come on, I want you to heal. I want you to heal. And, and, and to tell you, see, the reason why some, some people fight us leaders is because they can't touch God. You are a symbol of authority. You are a symbol of the father that abandoned them and the husband that divorced them. Never had to deal with authority. So anybody close to me, I will attack you for what they did. And you can't heal, hallelujah, what you don't reveal. And secrets make you sick. They do. They make you sick. It gives you anxiety. It keeps you up at night. So Naomi said, I'm just going to be honest about it. I'm mad with God. I mean, I don't know what I did. I followed my husband. And now I'm coming back broke and empty-handed. Glory be to God. Mm. Life is filled with gains and losses. And your success is going to be based upon how you navigate between them. I'm going to tell you. Life is traumatic. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it takes a lot to be me. I know. I know I got some funny ways, but you don't know all the stuff I have to deal with. Yes, I'm crazy sometimes because sometimes I'm crazy because I have to deal with crazy people, crazy family members. you've been able to navigate how how do you survive somebody shall pivot pivot because anytime you hold on to something longer than its season it'll turn against you so, so it's crazy I don't know how this happened so I, I know God is with me I'm gonna tell you I am convinced I mean some all of us have moments where we question right but when you rehearse the testimony, you can say, I could have never made that up, right? And I really don't want to talk about this out loud, but it really goes with what I'm saying. Now, you remember I told you, me and, me and some of the pastors, we're going up on the lake, right? And we're going to go, I'm, I'm taking y'all out on a boat. We're just going to chill. I don't want to hear about how much money y'all raise, how many members y'all have. Let's not talk about putting together a conference. Let's just be healthy men. Because many of us preachers hide under our titles and our dysfunctions under our positions. And so let's just hang out, right? And so I've always went to this lake and rented houses, right? So I'm in a staff meeting before I leave to come up here. 
And somebody says, well, you got an invitation for to go to the lake to preach. I said, that doesn't make sense, right? And we kept reading it, trying to make it out. So I finally called the number. And, and it was a woman. She says, uh, hello. Um, uh, she said, yes, I sent you that. I didn't know any way to communicate with you. She says, but me and my husband have a, a beautiful home on the lake. And she says, I looked in the guest book, and you stayed in the house two years ago. Right. I says, okay. She said, but my husband died. Oh. She said, my husband died. And she said, I was going through the book, and I says, I want to bless somebody, and I saw your name. She said, anytime you want to come, come. You don't have to pay a dime. She says, I thought I was saved until he died. Some of y'all are about to get a revelation that what you're grieving over, it had to happen the way it happened in order for you to see what you needed to see. Some of you are holding on to something that died, but I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, grieve, but don't grieve too long. I heard the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over what I have rejected? God got a David. It's expedient that I go away. I never finish a sermon. For if I don't go away, the next level will not come. So what, what is God saying to you tonight? This is what God is saying to you tonight, Christian. Next. He's saying, next. He's saying, next. Start packing because God said. Next, start preparing because God said. Ooh, I know this last season don't look nothing like what you wanted. Hallelujah. It may be an ugly door, but it's going to be a good room. Somebody shout next. God is saying next. God is saying next. And, and it's easy to praise God when you get there. Hmm. It's easy to shout when you see it. But I need about 50 of you that just came through in the last 24 months of ugly season. <sighs> I'm asking you to do something crazy. Some of y'all not going to be able to do it, and I get it. Because everybody's not in that same place in, gr in that grief. Some of you just still grieving over it, and you're not ready to let go of it. But all of you who are people of faith, and you got ancient faith, I'm asking you to do something crazy. It may be erroneous theologically. Bishop can clean it up later. But I believe God want me to tell you to do this. I want the 50 of you to know God is talking to you. Take 30 seconds and praise God for what didn't work out. Come on. Praise God. Some of y'all didn't get it. I said praise him for what didn't work out. Praise him for the divorce. Praise him for the people who left the church. Praise him for the offer that was reset. Praise him for the job you lost. I know some of y'all, it's going to be hard for you. But you lost somebody close to you. Now praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Next, 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 next. Oh, I feel the Lord here. Next. Oh, my 
shot. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.